Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Freedom Sunday. Can everyone say free? Free. I love that. Say it again. Free. Man, I can have you do that for 30 minutes. <laughs> All right, like Pastor Michael said, we are called to be free. It says so in Galatians 5.13. You're called to freedom, to be effective, to be productive. But before I go into my message, this is an active participation. I'm not here to teach you a lesson. I'm here to partner with the Holy Spirit to walk you through something. So go ahead and bow your, bow your heads, close your eyes, and repeat after me. Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. I give you permission to search this body for anything holding me back. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, you guys are ready. Also know this is about to be uh, new to some of you, but this is a powerful time. So lean in, listen to the, what the Bible has to say, not your preconceptions. So I wanted to look up some st- st- uh, statistics on bondage here in America, because we're the land of the free, right? But like what kind of f- like bondage do we see? Well, in 2021, roughly one-third of all American adults, 250 million American adults, roughly one-third, wrestled with depression, had bouts of depression. Nearly 83 million adults in the freest country on earth were captive by bondage of depression. Similarly, similarly, right, one-fifth, 20%, nearly 50 million people suffered with anxiety disorders. And this isn't a, oh, that was, I'm anxious about this one thing. It's a lingering, it's consistent, it goes and comes, it comes back. It's clinical, right? If you go to a doctor, they're like, oh yeah, no, you have this X, Y, Z. And also in 2020, this one really grieves me, but there was an estimated nearly 12.2 million adults who seriously contemplated suicide, with 3.2 million of them planning out their own suicide. They're like, this is how I'm going to do it. 1.2 million attempted, and 46,000 were successful, sadly. And really what that tells me is that there is a significant battle going on in America, but it's not in front of us, it's underneath the skin, it's beneath the surface, it's what we can't see, it's behind the scenes. So the title of my message today is The Battle Beneath. And I'm, and I'm going to be speaking primarily on fear, freedom from fear, depression, anxiety, but this applies to many different areas. And allow the Holy Spirit to highlight something. If it's, you're like, hey, this isn't, I don't quite battle with fear, Well, what are you battling with? What is keeping you productive, keeping you from being productive? So section one, I'm going into the symptoms of fear. And it's about the parable of 
the Minas. And it's in Luke chapter 19. And I am not going to read all 16 verses because I want you guys to stay awake. But I will read a couple verses and I'll fill in the gaps, okay? So picking up at verse 13, actually before there, there was a nobleman and he owned like a city. He had servants. He had people underneath him. And then he saw a kingdom was... I'm going to say for sale, but he really, he went to go take over a kingdom. And before he left, he's like, I want my servants to keep doing business here. So then picking up in verse 13, it says, calling 10 of his servants, he gave them 10 minas and said to them, engage in business until I come. Simple. He's like, hey, you guys have been trading with me here. You guys can continue to keep business doing the same thing you've always done without me here. And you know, it's a simple command, do what you always do. And I like, when I read this verse, I like to imagine that Amina, which is a three months wage, is $15,000, roughly like the average salary in America. So $15,000, he gave out 150 grand and was like, okay, let's see what you guys do when I'm off getting my kingdom. He returns as king, starts interviewing the guys. What'd you do with what I gave you? First guy comes in, He's like, boss, man, I crushed it. I killed it. I took Pathfinders. I destroyed the marketplace. I came back. I put in 15. I came back with 150. The next guy comes in. He's like, dude, I also took Pathfinders. But, you know, not quite the other guy. I came back with 75. I 5X'd it, right? And so he, and the, the, the Lord, the king, is like, hey, of my kingdom, I'm going to give the guy who made 150, 10 cities, and the guy who made 75, five cities. Who's next? Last guy comes in. He's like, dude, I chickened out of Pathfinders. I, uh, I was afraid. No. no, I'm going to pick up in verse 20. And then, he's, and then another came saying, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit and you reap what you did not sow. And I want to use this to help identify some symptoms of fear in our life. And one of the first symptoms I want to touch on is ungodly views. Verse 21, you know, he says, because you are a severe man. Well, who told you that you're a severe man? Who told you that your king is severe? Like, what voices are you listening to to take on this ungodly view? The second one is paralysis. Like, this is, kind of falls under the anxiety disorders. Like, what, like, why wouldn't you do what you always do? Like, what's preventing you from doing the trading and the business that you've always done? Like, how did you get paralyzed? Like, how, and it, obviously here it's fear. It even says so. But it's like, how, or like, I should say, like, this is a, a sign that it's there. Poor decision-making, indecisiveness are very, like, signs of fear. Like, in this particular parable, when I was praying about it, I actually kind of had this image of that this servant made a mistake at one point, and he needed buy-off from the, the, his supervisor before he would make a trade. And then he was so afraid about making a trade that he became indecisive and pr had paralysis. That's not in the Bible, but I, in my mind, that's what I see what happened. There's, so it's like it leads this man. He's in a, like unproductive. He's ineffective as a servant. And there's other areas, right, other ways that we can see fear in our life. Being worried, stressed out, pressured, 
Like, man, this, I, have, like, I have to get this done at work, right? And being irritable, quick to anger is often a sign of fear behind the scenes. If you're overly controlling, can be a sign of fear because it has to be done a certain way because if, you, if, you, if it doesn't, then you, don't, you, you won't work out. It's going to fail. It's going to go to, you know, garbage. Yeah, caught myself there. Depression. Moving on. Insecurities. I'm going to read some quotes that I've said and I've heard many others say that are signs that fear is at work. Be careful. Don't lose any sleep over it. I'm at my wit's end. I'm worried sick. I'm tearing my hair out. I'm coming apart at the seams. I have so much on my mind. I have too much on my plate. I can't handle anything else. I have too much going on. Be careful. It sounds like, hey, man, that person cares about me. They want me to be careful. There is a spirit of fear behind there. And the truth is, is that fear is always going to be here as long as we're on earth. If we're not in the kingdom of heaven, you know, it's like God hasn't returned. Jesus hasn't returned. There's going to be fear, but there's intentionality behind that because we're called to overcome fear. And when you overcome fear, it creates bravery. It creates courage. Like I love movies where there's lots of bravery and courage. You know, one of my favorite movies is Braveheart. I love Gladiator. You know, I love The Patriot. There is an overcoming of fear in all those movies. And without fear, those movies would just be, eh, you know? Now I want to be vulnerable here and talk about a testimony of what happened to last year. Now you guys are equipped. You can identify fear. I want you to find fear in my story of last year. Basically, I had started this options trading process, and I was... Very, I was doing very well. I was being successful in it. And um, I kept on, I was in prayer, like I, I, praying more than I've ever prayed, fasting more than I've ever fasted, reading more the word more than I've ever read, in worship more than I've ever been. And I kept hearing God and I would follow his directions. And in this process, I, I ended up losing $300,000 in five months. And it didn't make sense, like, which, by the way, is a lot of money for us. <laughs> that's not pocket change, right? Like, that's, that, that hurt. <laughs> like, it hurt. And then after that, talking with Joy, we're like, what do we do? And we're like, well, the market's still hot, the housing market. Let's sell our house. Let's believe we're going to still pray, just like we were believing for the other thing, but we're going to believe God's going to show up here. And so we sold our house. And we ended up selling it for $400,000 above market value, right? Completely wiping out all the losses of the first five months. And you can hear that and you're like, wow, that's an incredible story. It is. But I was too, I was, I was too grieved to see it. I knew that God moved. I knew that God was on my side. But I started entertaining these thoughts. And and sometimes you'll have these thoughts that come in, and you can always ask yourself, where did that thought come from? And is that line up with the word of God? And if it doesn't, you speak the exact word of God to push back. However, I would just have a thought like, maybe God's no longer for me. 
I would have a thought, maybe I've somehow ruined the favor of God in my life. Or even worse, I would have these occasional thoughts, maybe we've just been lucky the last 10 years. Like maybe we've just had an incredible string of luck. <laughs> and I, I would, then I would go to prayer and I'd be like, God, I know that's not true. It's just the way I feel sometimes. And I would like, yeah, it's the way I feel. But by not squashing it right then and there, I actually put my agreement with it. And I gave it an access point. And during this entire process where all these, these thoughts were coming and going, I started really diving into options trading, studying. I was like, I'm going to be the best. I know God's called me in this zone. I know he's called me to be a marketplace leader. And I started doing trainings. And I started being able to easily identify some big trends. And there was five really big, big trends that I identified in a two-month period that if I would have stuck with the investment that I started with, I would have made about 200 grand in two months. But fear took over. I had this anxiety come upon me. It's like, you're going to be a bad father. You're going to lose it. You're going to lose more money. I would be like, I, this voice would come in, this pressure. And he's like, you know, you're, you're a terrible servant of the kingdom of God because you could just be giving this money instead of losing it. Like, you're literally giving away you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars earlier this year, why are you giving away more? Making money just disappear. And these what ifs. And I remember being crippled with anxiety at night a couple times, laying there being like, why would I buy in? And just an FYI, I actually bought into all these trades and got out with them within a day or two because I couldn't take the pressure. I couldn't take this anxiety, this fear, the what ifs. And the only way I had peace and this time, as if my money was in cash, a.k.a. put my money in a handkerchief, did nothing with it. I buried it because that was the only way I had peace because there is such a, a severe oppression and constraint around it. And the funny thing is, like, you, you, you hear about this, but it's not like I'm off going off doing drugs, cheating on my wife, doing all these crazy things. Like, I'm here serving week in, week out. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit. I'm preaching messages like called to create where I got like divine words that I'm able to share to you guys. And it was only access over one area. But in that one area, I did not have freedom. I was being tormented. And it was, it was a couple months of just like torment. And I just remember like talking to Joy and be like, I got out of the trade again. I just, I can't handle the fear. And the fear, actually, we, like, we knew it was fear. And yet, it was just there. We couldn't just, it wasn't something we could crucify. It wasn't something we could just like, like just, I'm going to discipline my way through it. It was something more. Now I want to talk about the identity of fear. So we went from symptoms, and now I'm going to talk about identity. The first identity of fear is fear is a spirit being. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. And fear is an impure spirit. Fear is like all evil, evil spirits, is a disembodied spirit looking for a place to stay. It's actually, spirits are tormented if they're not, they're not in a body. And so they're looking for an access point to get in, right? 
They want, to, they want their nature to be shown. So here, fear wants to come in. He looked for access point, found an access point, and now any chance he can, he wants to work actively to let his nature come through me because that is like him being fulfilled. But when these spirits come in, they have two goals and purposes. One, to prevent your salvation, and the second is to make you ineffective. You know, they want you to be ineffective and unproductive because that's the way they can push back against the kingdom of God. The second identity of fear is fear is a spirit of bondage. Romans 8.15 says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. It puts this pressure on you like it did me. Like, I, I, I physically, like, could not shake this, this feeling, this pressure on my life. It held me. And no matter what I would do, I was stuck. And it was frustrating because I, I, I could see it with my logic, but then logic would go aside and I'd be compelled to just get away from it, be compelled to pull away, to just get peace. And that brings me to the, the third identity of fear, Fear is a spirit that torments. 1 John 4.18, there is no love, for there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And I'm just going to stop there. The word punishment is from the Greek word kolossin. And that word kolossin is actually the same word that can be translated into torment. And then Jesus is the only, uses this word. It's the only other time it's used in the Bible, the New Testament. And it's used to describe eternal punishment, eternal torment, or hell. These evil spirits can bring hell with them. They'll torment you. And it's, it's, it's consuming. There's like, you feel like there's not much you can do. And I'm going to talk about access points. So these spirits, like fear... They can gain access to you for various things. I'm here as a pastor of this house, a born-again Christian with the Holy Spirit, and I gave access to an impure spirit in my life, even unintentionally. And I had to go through a process of removing it. And if it can happen to me, it can happen to you. Like, it can happen to anybody. And this isn't to be afraid. This is to be aware this is to be, have discerning eyes of what's going on. So access points of fear, right? The first one, there's generational curses. There's spoken curses. Um, a curse is like just an invisible force, spiritual force that seems to just like overtake, destroy, frustrate, ruin. Like you can see curses like someone who's accident prone probably has a generational curse or a spoken curse over them. And they may even have said it about themselves. Man, I just, I'm clumsy. They can, you can put curses over yourself, inner vows, bitter root judgments. Even saying things like, you can't trust people, they always let you down. It's going to create an access point for the spirit of fear. Now you have a spirit that doesn't trust people and expects them to let you down. The second one is emotional hurts. And trauma, like accidents, like accidents or trauma, but also disappointment. Like I was disappointed in the outcome because I thought the outcome was supposed to go a certain way. 
Like I heard all the right words. I just had an expectation of the wrong outcome. And, the, and my expectation of the wrong outcome really gave, just, it deceived me and wore me out. It gave me an emotional hurt. And this was like almost like a PTSD around trading, around finances. Rejection, you know, like emotional hurts can give rejection. Rejection at its source is a spirit of fear. Sometimes I think of these, um, these spirits as like a hierarchy in the military well, where fear is the head and then it can come out as anger. It can come out as hatred. It can come out as rejection. And they're like, there's sub, but there's one at top that we're breaking today. You will not, you, if you want to, you will leave with freedom. Ungodly beliefs is another access point. And this is kind of like what I said when I was sitting there, um, like maybe I missed my chance. Another one is like maybe I won't get healed. Maybe, maybe the favor of God's no longer on me. Well, what does the word of God say? Like what does the actual word of God say? And let's stick to that and not these thoughts. Active sin patterns is another one. Hatred, unforgiveness, bitterness, rebellion, like sexual sin, having sex outside of marriage, watching porn. The, all these different things could give access to the enemy in your life. And you're just like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Well, until you can't, you don't have control over an area of your life. Until you don't have control, and then you're in a demonic oppression, and then basically there's no way out. Except for one way, one name. Ungodly soul ties. Like this can happen through family, like relationships, even pets, like the dead. Like if you have someone in your family die, you can have a soul tie with the dead. And it can lead to access from the enemy. All right. That's about enough of that because I could. (laughs) Now what do we do, right? Well, now we're going on to freedom. So you have these things in your life. You know what it looks like. You know what it is. And now it's time to kick some butt. Now it's time to get some freedom, right? So now we're going into our third part, which is freedom from fear. Going back to 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. And 1 Peter 5.7 says, Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Someone here needs to hear that. He cares for you. You need to cast that pain on him because he cares. He does care. It's right here in the word. And if anything is telling you otherwise, you need to kick it in the teeth. To get freedom, you must remove the grip by the power of the Holy Spirit. You focus on the agape love of Christ and use self-control to resist That's where the thought comes in. You use that self-control to say, hey, I know that you're a thought not from heaven. I know that you're a thought I'm not going to allow in my life. That's self-control. And then if it's, and then the weight of the situation, you focus that God cares for me. Like he won't let this go bad. He will always come through just like he did with me in my house. Like he will always show up. He cares for me. And that's how you cast the anxiety on him. But then if there is a grip, there's one way to remove the grip. And I'll talk, I'll share with what I did. This wasn't that long ago. This was Cherish Weekend last year. It was the Friday. And I was just getting beat up in my training. I was making mistakes, bad decisions. And I'm just like, 
I, I can't live like this, God. I know you're calling me here, but I can't live like this. And so I took time aside. I went in our living room and I just prayed and I gave him, I confessed my ungodly views and I gave it to him. I said, God, I, I admit that I entertain these views that you're no longer for me, that we're gonna have to just live down here the rest of our life, that everything from here on out is gonna be how hard we work and how much we can achieve, that your favor has left us. And then I said, I break off my agreement with them. Like you have no authority anymore because I don't agree with you anymore. And then I did something I want you guys to, to take away from this, especially if you're not seeing the outcome that you expect through prayer, is I forgave God. God did nothing wrong, but my perceptions was off. I was taking a poison that was affecting me. There was a bitterness to how it was working out. And I had to sit there and I just remember in tears saying, God, I forgive you. I know you did nothing wrong, but these thoughts, this weight, this deception that you're not for me anymore, I forgive you for that. And there is a power in an unlocking in this forgiving of God, let alone another person or yourself. And then I said, Holy Spirit, I take a stand with you. Like you're on my side and we're gonna kick some butt. We're going to battle. And then I told the fear to leave in the name of Jesus. I remember being there in the living room and I was there, I had my arms out and I just said, in the name of Jesus, fear, you're not allowed in this body anymore. I remove you. I remove every grip, every finger that you have on me. I expel you in the name of Jesus. And I, I felt a release. And all of a sudden this joy came over me and I was just laughing and I was in tears and I was like, God, thank you. Like, thank you for being here and not just letting me stay there, pulling me out from where I was going. And I felt this like overwhelming like joy and gratitude. It's like, God, thank you for your rules. And I even wrote a message on this, but it's like, God, I love your rules. Every commandment you ever written, wrote, every commandment that you ever put and authored in the Bible was to keep me out of this slavery. It was to keep me from going back into this bondage. And I, and I just like had this, like, like I just a, full of joy and adored God. But he immediately spoke and he's like, yeah, but now you have to walk it out. Now you have to use your self-control and the perfect love to cast on me, to trust me, to keep this freedom that you just got. And so like shortly after, I, I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit. He's like, I want you to buy $26,000 worth of calls today, right now, and sell them for $28,700. Just set in an order and it'll do it behind the scenes. And I'm like, oh, like, you know how much I can lose with that, right? He's like, yep, can you trust me? You, you just, you said you're gonna trust me, but can you trust me? Okay, <laughs> right? Like, yes, Lord, I will. Like, I have my freedom. I'm gonna trust you. And um, submitted it, went, played with my kids for a while. And I was like, a couple hours, like, I know God's coming through. I'm gonna look at my account right now. $23,000, the wrong direction, and lost another three grand. But what I noticed there is that anxiety didn't control me. There was a thought that came in, and then when that thought came in, I was able to say, no, I have, no, I have control. 
Like, because I can, I can resist you and cast that thought onto Jesus and not have to let you live in here anymore. And so I was just like, you know what? I trust God. I'm walking away. I have peace. I have freedom. Go a couple hours later. I was like, well, I'm going to check again. Day's about to close. It obviously never sold. I really need to find out if I need to text my wife if I made another mistake. <laughs> and um, so I log in, and it was $28,200. And immediately, I was like, sell. I'm like, that's close enough, God. <laughs> like, I was like, you have grace? That's close enough. Thank you. And um, so I did, and I, I laughed. And I just felt full of joy and peace. And I just was like this overwhelming that God is on my side and he never left. My perception was wrong, but he had never left and he was walking me through this the whole time. And I bet you all, because you're very smart people, could guess exactly what that trade would have been worth if I would have just let it sit for the rest of the day. Ended the day at $28,700. And he wanted me to see that not because it's about the money, but because he, like, he was like, I love you, I'm here for you, I have your back, I, you can trust me, you can trust me in all areas. And I just remember just laughing and being full of joy. And I knew I'd be preaching on it. I knew I'd be here sharing with you guys to tell you that even though there's anxiety and depression and these weights that we have, these things that make us ineffective in life, we don't have to live with it. God redeemed it all. He went on that cross to buy us back this freedom. And all we have to do is walk it out with him. Like you no longer have to be crippled by anxiety. You don't no longer have to be tormented by any thought. I don't care if that thought is about anxiety or depression or others. If you're being tormented, it is not from Christ and you don't have to deal with it anymore. This is a place of freedom and you're about to walk in new freedom. Right now, if I could have every head, bow, like bow your head and close your eyes. A, a key, a key here is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you don't accept Jesus, everything else we're about to do is pointless because all power comes through him. And it's the one name that we speak. It's the one name that we stand on. And if you don't know Jesus or you wanna re-accept Jesus in your life, go ahead and just raise your hand. This is a critical step. I see you up there. I see you guys over there, amazing amazing. When you accept Jesus, you're saying, God, I no longer want to do things my own way, but I'm giving you full access. I'm giving you who I am, and I'm giving you control, because when you're in control, I don't have to be tormented anymore. If there's any more hands, go ahead and raise them now, and we're going to pray with you. Amazing. I see you guys. Thank you. Absolutely amazing. If everybody can stand, I usually have you all repeat a Lord's Prayer after me. And I'm gonna do that, but I wanna do it in combination with a deliverance prayer. And so if you raised your hand, I want you to come down to the altar. 
And if you have been suffering with anxiety, depression, if you've been being, if you've been tormented in any way, come to this altar. And the, the act of coming to this altar has power because you're just saying, God, it's you. God, it's you. God, it's you. God, it's you. It's not about who you are or what you can do or what other people are going to think. And I'll stand here for hours if needed because I know the crippling effects. I know what it feels like to be held, to be bound. And I know what it's like on the other side to get that freedom. And that freedom is so like potent. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. And I want you guys to live with that freedom. I don't want a single person to leave bound if you're bound. If you're tormented, you will not stay this way. We will not allow it in this house because this is a house of freedom. We put up Sundays for freedom, specifically for this. And it doesn't have to be just fear. Like, honestly, it could be a sickness that's been lingering for too long. It can be, like, oh, stressed about your job, stressed about your business, stressed about any area. This is the place to put it at God's feet. This is the place to hand it to Him. I'm gonna give just a couple more seconds before we do a corporate prayer. But you guys have courage. You guys are brave. Don't let anything tell you otherwise. It doesn't matter what others think. You have all the courage, all the bravery that it takes to get free. All right, guys, I'm gonna lead you all, all your amazing, beautiful people through a, a, a prayer. And I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the true son of God, that you died on the cross so that I might be forgiven and receive eternal life. I have no claim to grace except that you died in my place. I confess all my sins before you and hold nothing back. Especially I confess, all right guys, don't copy this, but this is your active participation right now. The, the thought that comes to your mind when you say I act, especially I confess, just say it out loud, give it to God. Now you guys can copy again. I repent and refuse to go back. By submission of my free will, I forgive all who have ever wronged me. I lay down all bitterness, all resentment, and all hatred. Specifically, I forgive, and now fill in the name. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe you're like me and needed to forgive God and yourself. Maybe there's somebody else. But that name that comes to the top of your mind, there is power in saying, I forgive, and then saying their name out loud. It's for you, not for us. All right, go ahead and continue to repeat after me. I sever my contact with all ungodly views and false religions. Thank you, Jesus that you were made a curse on the cross that I might be redeemed from every curse and inherit 
the blessing of God. I ask you to release me and set me free. I take a stand with you, Holy Spirit. I submit to you, Lord, and I resist the devil. This next part, I want you guys to be active in naming what you're gonna, going to expel. Now I speak to you, and for me it would be fear, but for you guys, whatever has been crippling, speak to it. So for me it's, I speak to you fear. I command you to go from me now. In the name of Jesus, I expel you. You're not allowed here anymore. I am free. And if you feel a welling up, you feel like you have to cough or sneeze or something, just release it now. Or just and, and continue to stand here in this worship and in this song and breathe out, release the feeling, release the weight, expel that weight, the torment. And if you're here today, there is many ways to get free or many areas to get free from, but there's only one way, and that way is Jesus. And that way is utilizing the power of his Holy Spirit to stand back, to take back what was gifted to us, to take back what, the, what he was given to us, which is that freedom to be fruitful, to be productive. Lord, I thank you for this productive people right here. I thank you they're productive in all areas. I thank you that every mom who is, walks in anger, forgives herself right now. Lord, I thank you that those in, that just carry this weight of bitterness, that Lord, they, they forgive themselves right now. I thank you that as they forgive, as they hand it to you, that your freedom falls, that this is a place of freedom and deliverance, Lord, that Lord, you are taking on. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but I know things didn't go the way you expect, but God cares for you. And that what he is authoring is even better than you could have wrote. The way he is intertwining this into the story is better than you could have ever imagined. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.